1: Westwood One presents the Pollsters. The Pollsters, and now Margie and Kristen. Hi, and welcome to the Pollsters. I'm Margie O'Meara, Democratic pollster with PSB Research, and
0: I'm Kristen Soltis anderson Republican pollster with Echelon Insights. And
1: each week we bring you the polls driving the news in politics, tech, and pop culture.
0: So here we are again,
1: one week into the Trump in, uh, Trump presidency. I think when Trump gets inaugurated, Margie gets a cold, I think is how the saying goes, something I'm like that. I'm so sorry. This is like a, a one month long illness, which I, I have to believe is related to everything that's going on in the news. But I'm going to try to see the positive side, like our song here. And the top lines. What are the top lines today? (laughs) You're going to
0: make it after all, Margie. believe. I believe you are. America, you're going to make it after all. (laughs) But does America think they're going to make it after all? Uh, We'll take a look at this new poll number that we have for the first time ever, Trump job approval, which is not the same, by the way, as approval of a transition. Job approval is this metric that we— always have for presidents. Trump job approval starts this week. Yes. We'll also talk about the crowd size issue uh, and what people think about excitement around Trump's inauguration, Um, who people think will gain and who will lose under this new president. We'll also take a look at some polling on the resistance and talk a little bit about the women's march from last week. And then finally, Oscar nominations are out. We'll talk about what people think is going to be coming down the pipe for the Academy Awards.
1: But first, we have the poll of the week, and that is about Melania and Ivanka. So this is from Morning Consult and Politico. They did a poll looking at favorable views toward the new first lady and the first daughter um who has a outsized uh, policy role and Melania' is net favorable 47 percent are favorable toward her a third are unfavorable uh Ivanka is a little bit even more popular 49 fave 30 unfave. so Melania's ratings have gone up since the Republican convention where obviously there was a scandal or a news story I should say around uh, the similarities between her speech and that of the former first lady Um, there are still some undecided folks who aren't sure how they feel about Melania and Ivanka so this is you know these are better numbers than you see for Trump in terms of fave to unfave but as Ben Pershing from uh National Journal pointed out to us on Twitter, her ratings are lower than that of other first ladies if you look at those ratings compared to what you see in Gallup, where all the previous first ladies were had very clear approval versus disapproval. I guess it's a little bit different than fave unfave, but approval is usually actually a higher standard than favorable. So if regardless, past first ladies Nancy Reagan, Hillary Clinton, you know, Laura Bush, Michelle, everybody. um, They had between 57 and, you know, 80 something approval. So all pretty high numbers. Um, Nonetheless, they are still the popular Trumps right now. So take that for what you will.
0: And I know that it's frivolous and it's stupid and it's silly. And I should be focused on more serious things like the fate of the republic but I am here for Melania and Ivanka fashion. I'm in. I'm like this. I'm in for four they look years nice. of this. You know? Yeah. Look, yeah. You can
1: disagree with them and think they look nice. That's I was. I totally was totally possible. I was kind
0: of sad because my favorite fashion blog, the the Go Fug Yourself FUG, keeping the clean yes. rating, uh, they said that they were not going to be covering anything about the Trump women, and I was really sad about this because they do this great Royals roundup, like you know.
1: I like that blog actually. I used I to I love go that there blog. But they bit. said they
0: are not covering Ivanka and Melania and I was cheesed off about it. But but then they replied they actually did reply to a tweet where they said, "Well, we didn't really cover Michelle either." But I feel like they did. I've not gone back to like forensically investigate this claim, but anyhow, hmm. some of my favorite sports blogs like I'm a bit, I used to like reading Dead Spin a lot, and they got into a, a Twitter war with Ted Cruz. I just feel like politics has infected everything. I hear you. So, anyhow, <laughs> you at but you, on you, that point, you agree but with But you America. know what politics hasn't infected? The clothes
1: that men's underwear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, we last show, uh, this episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Mac Weldon. Um, in our last show, I talk, talked a little bit about how uh, I, we discovered that our husbands are the target customer for Mac Weldon. They make uh, clothing for men, like leisure wear, comfortable undergarments and undershirts. I did not realize that there was so much science to men's undershirts and got a, like a full education from my husband on the importance of a good undershirt. And how important? It is. You don't want to be pitted out at a you know something. But I, there's also something about the neckline mm. and like I don't know. I, I did not learn a ton, but my husband was very pleased with what he so. The, but he got credit and got to order some fun things. And the story I told on last week's show was about the the Vesper Polo and how he got this polo shirt that reminded him of what Daniel Craig wore in Casino Royale, and so was thus over the moon. So. But what we didn't give you in last week's show was our promo code. So if you have not yet ordered and you were thinking about it, you get do a it discount. now. You get a discount twenty percent off if you use promo code pollsters. P-O-L-L-S-T-E-R-S.
1: POLSTERS. Easy to remember. And you get a discount. Buy yourself something
0: snazzy for Valentine's My Day. My life motto, work hard, be nice, never pay full price. So there you go. We're helping you achieve That's that. Good. That's uh, a good campaign slogan. Yeah. Ma- <laughs> Kristen, 20...
1: 20 20XX.
0: Something. 2040? How does the math work on that?
1: I don't know. You better hurry up. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we're going to have a 2040 (laughs) at the rate we're going.
0: So let's talk about how people are feeling. (laughs) 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 Inauguration.
1: Um. It was a pretty emotional weekend. It was a pretty roller coaster weekend of a Friday low and a Saturday high for folks on the left. Um, And the polling shows, I mean, here are the things that are really consistent with, you know, this is the same thing that we've seen now. I mean, it's been true the whole campaign time, which is Donald Trump's numbers are historically low by all kinds of different measures. Um, But there is such a massive partisan divide that it's almost like you're looking at two when you look it out by party, you're almost looking at two different candidates i mean you it's like you're not even seeing the numbers for the same person or same thing um but one thing though that i think one i think glimmer of hope or one positive thing for trump is that you did have people who felt that his um speech was optimistic you had more people feel that his speech was optimistic than pessimistic this is from morning consult politico i believe um 51% 51% said it was uh, described as optimistic. And then a separate question, a quarter said it was described as pessimistic. That is not at all how commentators viewed it. So, and, and there was a story in the Post where they followed a Trump family that came to Washington and they, you know, and it showed how they thought, oh, his speech was, you know, positive. It was like in the campaign, he didn't go off script and that was really good. And then they were surprised to see that other people described it differently. And you can almost see that really, you know, fully uh, reflected in these polling numbers, um, with more people feeling it was better, a better speech than they expected. So at least in terms of the speech and inauguration day, I think Trump with voters exceeded what commentators and the press thought that doesn't mean that i think overall he's getting good numbers because that seems to not be true but but at least in terms of his speech and kind of his moment in the sun his moment in the sun actually i think exceeded expectations a little yeah
0: bit. That, i mean i i had i think i said on air on abc that after the speech that you know i had i was braced for anything being possible for him totally going off script and just right you know sort of riffing on whatever he wanted and and so i mean yes people are really hung up on he said this phrase american carnage like that just sounds so much it's like a like a movie trailer for a disaster flick yeah. more than an inaugural address but this has been the thing commentators all along, we we've said, oh, make America great again. It implies that America's not great, that everything's terrible, it's so negative. But if you like Trump, I mean part of what appeals is that make America great again, you're gonna be moving into this happy promised land. Um, that we're gonna this yes, everything's bad now, but in contrast to where things are going. So I, I think the expectations question is the most interesting because I do feel like expectations were reasonable pretty low for him. Yeah. So the fact that you have a majority of people um, including about a third of Democrats who say the speech was better than they expected. I thought right. that, was, uh, that was pretty surprising. But then the other big controversy was not the speech. It was who showed up. Right. And I have to say, I'm not a crowd scientist, but D.C. did feel weirdly like a ghost town. And yeah. I've been here for past inaugurations, and it, I don't recall it feeling quite that way. Right. I mean, there were tons of people that were on the mall. Just because it wasn't the same – and I feel like comparing to the Obama 2009 yardstick is a little bit like, OK, guys, no kidding he didn't get as many people. Right. We were inaugurating the first black president. It was this – like, of course it it wasn't the same. Like, right. So the fact that it did not reach those historic levels – but, of course, that's a comparison people made. Trump viewed it as a slight. And we wind up now with Sean Spicer, who is the new White House press secretary, kind of going out that very first Saturday um, and making claims uh, about the crowd size and the viewership that were debunked, um, claiming that more people had watched this inauguration than ever before. I
1: period. Think,
0: period. <laughs> and, and I think the explanation, the alternative facts. Right. As we – And we'll get to this. We're going to get to it. We'll get to alternative facts in a second. Um, Is that well, you know, TV ratings plus people watching it online plus people who are present. If you add all of that up, then is that more? And 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 that's disputed. I think as well. Right. Even if you add it all up, it's disputed. But um, certainly, we are now in this kind of uh, something. It's a phase where it's really disconcerting because. We don't know who we can trust kind of anywhere, right? Just because the White House says it, I don't think people feel like they can trust it. And we should always be skeptical of our government. Just because something is reported on by a media outlet doesn't mean we can trust it because they get it wrong sometimes. Right. So we're kind of in this scary world where everything feels like a gray area. And so even stuff that is 100% a fact, there people are like, well, but there's a seed of doubt. And that's – this is freaky.
1: But the thing that was just so nuts about it, it is – like the anger of that, of, of that whole episode, the whole crowd size episode, the anger behind it, that, and I can appreciate that Trump feels like he gets a bad rap from the press and the press, you know, doesn't support him. And, you know, it, it, I mean, part you could argue that that's just, you know, the press is out to get him or you could argue that he's just, you know, incredibly unqualified, thin skinned and, you know, lacking policy chops and, you know, conflicts of interest and et cetera, et cetera, the long, long list of things. And the fact that he spent inauguration weekend to through his team to to fight the crowd size of the march versus his inaugural is just a sign of clearly not understanding the magnitude of the job that he has. And you read all all these stories about how upset he was and how, you know, angry he was about the tweets and, and the news and people didn't understand how big of his accomplishment. I mean, that's just like, it's just ludicrous. I mean, all of that is just so ludicrous that we're now can still having a conversation about crowd size. And you saw that in the polls about the inauguration where you had more people, more uh republicans say that trump's inaugural had more folks there drew a bigger crowd than the women's march while democrats and independents felt more attended the women's march and we got some pushback on this on twitter saying like this isn't even why are we even talking about this like why is this even a thing to discuss so this was morning consult politico also there was also a ppp poll that someone flagged for us i guess it was released last night or this morning i'm not sure um that showed similar results that there is a partisan divide on the views toward the facts of the crowds at the inaugural um versus the march and Uh, You know, I would argue a couple things. One, this public opinion is a fact. We need to measure it. It's there. It's something we need to discuss. Are we making it worse or wider by discussing it? I don't think so. I think we're, you know, capturing and discussing. What is happening, which is you have a White House and folks who want to believe the White House because they want to believe that, you know, they want to have their choice reinforced Um and they trust him um, or trust him more than other folks do versus other folks who are looking at the pictures and hearing about the metro trips mm-hmm. and, you know, coming to the rightful conclusion about what happened. Um So I I was at the march. On Saturday, I brought my family. It was awesome. It was very healing. I loved
0: Lucy's sign.
1: You know, I really I could
0: get behind that sign. It was a very
1: bipartisan sign. So my daughter, we went to like a Tacoma Park sign-making party, and I was trying to explain – like, I want to shield her from the R-rated election. You know, even though we live in Washington and we both work in politics, you know, nonetheless, it doesn't really feel age-appropriate. And so I want her to feel like – we're not a vulnerable population unless there's like political prisoners get, you know, get round up. Like, you know, we're not like vulnerable of being deported or other things. So I don't want her to have that fear unnecessarily um, that something's going to happen to her family. So I, but I nonetheless, I want her to feel like she's got a political voice. And so like, this is a march for women and girls. What do you want to say? She's like, I don't know. I'm like, what's really great about being a girl? She's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, what do you think all girls should have? She's like, Butterflies. That I definitely know the answer to. I'm like, okay. That's the sign. All and girls
0: should have butterflies. But
1: then when you're down at the march, like the march was lovely, it was peaceful. It was great. Everybody had a great time. Beckett had a great time. We all had a great time. Um, you know, she asked, like, what does that sign say? What does that sign say? Like, you cannot read all those signs. <laughs> like, like you can really only read like twenty percent of the signs, and everything else is like pretty pg thirteen. Yeah, R-rated. that's why I
0: was like, I I, I I, so I did not attend the march. I had been, I, I was emceeing an event for, um, it's a, it's basically a big group of middle school, high school, and some college students. And every four years they come to DC. This organization puts on this thing. They come. It's totally nonpartisan. So I was emceeing this thing and it had like, Spike Lee and Abby Wambach and it was so cool but it was – out. they moved it out to Fairfax because it was going to be – it had been originally Uh. scheduled for summer that would have been caught up in the march. So I was way out in Fairfax but Abby Wambach who was there who – She's a gator, so I was super pumped about that. She like the whole time backstage, she was just like watching the live stream of the march and was she was incredible. like as soon as I get out of here, I'm 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 getting to the mall. Was like I love you kids, but I gotta get to the mall.
1: It was an incredible, um, incredible thing. And I we weren't even down where we could hear the speeches. We were just out in the crowd and it was just like really healing and like watching like there I mean women there was a thing I I saw women patients at a cancer you know, cancer patients in a hospital put on a march in a hospital. I mean, it's just like It just—I mean—I could still get choked up thinking about the outpouring of folks all coming together to say we don't like Donald Trump. I know there's like disputes over sort of March politics, which there'll always be. And putting that aside, and some of it, you know, without getting bogged down in the details of it, like there was a clear—the clear message, whatever the message was supposed to be, the message was: we're against Trump all over the world, and and. You see that reflected in these numbers and whether, you know, people believe whatever set of facts about who showed up, it doesn't really matter. It was clear and it's clear on the polling that there is a real hostility to Trump's presidency.
0: Well, I was – I uh, so even if I had not been unable to attend, I do think I was – I was a little off-put. by There was this whole debate early in the week about, about like the pro-life stuff and I was like uh, – and, you know, and as you mentioned, some of the, some of the signs – are not things that, like, it's not my speed. And some of the, like, celebrity. Some of it's also,
1: like, verbatim things from our new president. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, No, 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 no. Oh, no, I know. Um,
0: And then, you know, some of the celebrity things, like... I could live without the Ashley Jed rant. You know, I mean, there are things where I'm just like, I don't know that this is totally my speed. But then I see things. All girls should have butterflies. Like, there's a really cute picture of some girls at the Indianapolis march that just had a sign that were like, girls are strong, too. I'm like, that's great. Like, I love that. I'm so in for that. And one of my my friend, Betsy, who I've known since we were in Girl Scouts in like the second grade together, she, I think, was at the London march and posted a picture where she had a sign that said... Elites for evidence based policy making. <laughs> I was, I know, I up. loved, I loved all the
1: nerdy science, science side. Elites every for evidence
0: based policy. One, I love I'm every like, single one. Well, that's one of not those. really the mood of the moment, but at this march, I think you found your people. So uh, you know, get it, Betsy. <laughs> that's right. It's good. Um, so anyhow, okay. But before we move on, I think we should talk about this alternative fact yeah. thing real quickly. So we are getting a lot of tweets. Uh, about what is our position on Kellyanne. Yeah. Because Kellyanne has been a guest host of the show. She is a pollster. She is a female pollster. She is in our orbit. Um, We've known her for a long time. Known her for a long time. And so, you know, and we've talked about it on the show before. The very first SNL characterization of her on Family Feud I took issue with because I thought they were mean about her appearance. and I didn't think that was Okay. And then the second one, Kellyanne's Day Off, we both loved because – That was pretty funny. It was pretty funny and I feel like I've been there in (laughs) some of those scenes when she's like got the groceries in her arm and she's just like ready to rip the earpiece I'm like, yeah, I I felt emotionally attached to that one. Uh, But now, of course, we are – we had the alternative facts thing over the weekend where if you didn't watch on Meet the Press – when sort of challenged about what was going on with um Sean Spicer and the, you know, the crowd size debate, she said, We're you know, we're presenting alternative facts. And in an era where people are very concerned about uh why does it seem like truth doesn't matter anymore, alternative facts was just like the perfect phrase to blow right. up as. I-, I was listening to DC's rock and roll radio station and they like a day later had a promo that was like here's an alternative fact we're blah 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 dc's alternative rock station like it it was already it was in
1: sports coverage like it made it like immediately like it became a meme immediately i mean um what's her face courtney love was tweeting out jokes about alternative fact i mean people were bringing up in
0: my focus groups this week yes but so but here's the deal when I feel a little bit like this push to like, well, what's your position on Kellyanne? I feel like like some people out there, not all of you who've tweeted this out there, but I think some of you are looking for a girl fight, and you're not gonna get it. Not doing that. Not going there. Not not if to the extent that she comes out and says things that we think are wrong, specifically, especially as they relate to the polling industry or data and things like that. We will address it in the way that we would for any other person that would weigh in on this stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say a couple of things. I mean, she's a pollster, so that makes her relevant to our show. But a lot of the things that people are critiquing her about are really not polling related. Like, And on the left, there are lots of people talking about her clothes and her appearance, which I just am not going to be part of. I mean, that's just – you can have private thoughts. We all have private thoughts about people's clothes. That's not the issue. It's just like as a as a commentary, it it's just seems – point like what's the point i mean there's so much more to critique about donald trump or about things kellyanne says in support of donald trump that you can talk about as opposed to like her gucci dress so i'm just never gonna i'm never gonna support that it i i think you can have a variety of conflicting thoughts about her as well as other you know folks in in the business that you disagree with but still feel that they do a good job at their job um like if you watch the Samantha B Thing about Kellyanne, for me, I found that like more than the SNL sketches, I found that like I, I really understood it. Like it was and so folks haven't seen it. They should go see it because it, she has done an excellent job of, of talking about Donald Trump, even if I find the things she says about him abhorrent. And she also recognizes that Kellyanne was very, is very nice in private, as which we've also discussed, so all the, you can have all those thoughts at the same time, and so Samantha B. I think captures it well without ever talking about her clothes, without ever talking about her appearance in any kind of pejorative way. So I think that's it. You know, so watch that and think about that. You can do it too. You can talk about Kellyanne or about any other person you disagree with without talking about their clothes in a mean way. You can do it. So you yep. know, you can you can joke about people privately with your friends, but on Twitter and on Facebook, like you know, especially with women I, I you know you don't need to go there so yeah um, but there's plenty so folks who want to drag us into some kind of like constant critique of her you know we are also not really talking about we don't go into the like gossip of back and forth of day-to-day pundits and and campaign and and you know administration staff like we try to stick to public opinion that's safer ground
0: yep and all I will end on is I think I tweeted last week that every time people have a conniption fit over like oh my god her coat or oh she dressed like wonder woman at this party like she's laughing all the way to the bank kids like you're it's you're you're paying her more attention and like it's it has as snl pointed out this weekend it has made her a star so just Uh, Yeah, that one I didn't –
1: I mean, and I actually love the movie Chicago, so maybe that was was, why. I was like – that one was like, like, I don't know. And like my mom was like – I'm like, I've already seen it hours before. Like it's just – it was too – I
0: don't know. But all I'm saying is every time people go ballistic over something, particularly the things that are not related to like the actual conduct of her job, um, every time it's this other frivolous stuff – it's her name back in headline like you're help don't did none of y'all learn what like any lessons over people getting famous in the last 5 or 6 years like it doesn't matter if all you're talking about her is like oh negative stuff remember like name me one person that has not benefited or become fabulously wealthy or famous as a result Jenny of
1: McCarthy that. for example that would be like an example of like you know she's tweeted out like all of you people who you know trash me on twitter help Get me more.
0: So I'm just saying, Kellyanne's laughing all the way to the bank. Okay, okay moving We're on. Moving
1: on. So, Donald Trump's numbers. <laughs> we have more metrics to show how they're bad. I guess there' those favorable ratings are worsening.
0: Well, his approval rating. So they've. This is what I think is is. Okay. setting aside whether you like that Donald Trump is president or not, the job approval number is this like one crazy constant in polling. We've been asking about presidential job approval. Gallup has it going back to Eisenhower. I mean, this is like it's cool um, to be able to compare apples to apples to apples to apples to apples apples over all of these administrations. Um, and Trump's incoming job approval number, the first job approval number he has, is lower than anybody else. Uh, but it, there, it, what's weird is that like his job approval right now, 45 percent. When George H.W. Bush took office, it was 51 percent. When Reagan took office, it was 51 percent. Like that's not so much higher. The difference is you had a ton of people back then saying they had oh no gosh. opinion. Right? They just didn't know. Like disapproval for any president. You know, by the time they took office, they're like, we don't know.
1: It's January. We don't know.
0: It's January. We're just to say no opinion Um, for even George W. Bush had the highest disapproval upon taking office at 25 percent for Trump. Forty five percent. People sort of have decided what they're getting on day one already, which I don't think is unfair. I mean, it's not as though we do not have a million signals about how he says he intends to govern. Yeah. Um, But it, it was just fascinating to me. The jarring number is not how his approval compares it's the disapproval versus no opinion and how there's like only 10 percent of people are like, "eh, let's wait and see. Yeah, people I have decided.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing. Right. So here's what I don't think we know quite yet. How much of this is just we're divided now as a country and this is how it be no matter what would happen. And that's just, you know. That's just the new reality for all of America, for anybody. And how much of it is about Donald Trump specifically and how much of it is about some of the policies he's been talking about. I don't know if we can fully tease that out based on the public polling. So Pew's had some stuff where they've been asking, tracking, do you think the country is more politically divided now than in the past? Not surprisingly, way more people think that the country's divided now more divided than it used to be. 86%, that's a record high. Um, There's no party difference. We are united on the fact that we are divided. So 88% of Democrats or 84% of Republicans, maybe it's reversed, I can't tell, but it's basically the same, say, yes, we are more politically divided um, than we used to be. And uh, with people feeling pretty pretty miserable if you're a democrat on what 2017 is going to be like and more optimistic if you're a republican on what 2017 is going to be like um so you know this division is very calcified or this sense that um that america is you know divided and is either going to get a lot better or going to get a lot worse based on what party you're in
0: although better off versus worse off Uh, does look a lot like it did right after George W. Bush's inauguration, where you had back then 46% of Americans saying they thought things would be better off, 42% saying worse off. That's not so far away from the way the numbers look now. Um, So this, I have no doubt that this has a lot to do with Donald Trump's fairly high unfavorable ratings, but it's also, this was just such a divisive campaign. And engaging in the thought experiment of what if Hillary Clinton had won, it's it's hard for me to envision that anybody would get the kind of numbers like Obama got in 2009. Yeah. Which is, again, why I think that's sort of the wrong measuring stick against which to judge Trump's inauguration. Um, it was just such a historic moment. But yeah, it it's – Trump's numbers might be a little worse than Hillary Clinton's would have been, but they – I don't know. I don't feel confident enough to know one way or the other because it's just such a nasty election. And when you went through a divisive election in 2000, you ended up with America very divided over whether things would be better off.
1: Right. So maybe, you know, so is it just views toward the division of our country or is there something specific about how people view the Trump administration, what it'll be doing. Um, And we don't have a lot of polling about all the things he's been doing over the last week. We don't have polling on that quite yet, but we do have polling from Pew and others about what groups they think will benefit gain influence or lose influence. Um, This is pretty clear, you know, I'm sure there's a party difference here, but these overall numbers are pretty clear. A plurality, of folks say people like them will lose influence. Only a quarter will say they will gain influence. Two-thirds say the wealthy will gain influence. That's the group that seems most likely to gain influence are wealthy people, whites, men, and conservative Christians. The group's more likely to lose influence, gays and lesbians, Hispanics, poor people, blacks, and women.
0: Now, one of the things that I think – I think that the number that the Trump administration should be the most focused on is this people like yourself question because a big theme of his speech, again, like it or, or hate it, was we're taking power out of the swamp and we're putting it back in your hands. And if only 27 percent of people think Donald Trump's actually going to be putting power back in their hands, that's the metric that they need to be the most concerned about. For Republicans don't ever really feel insanely comfortable with this – is one group getting more influence than another? Like, that's just right. it's that's not, not their thing. That's not really our thing. But the people like yourself metric, like, that should really, I think, concern the Trump administration. It's a
1: high. So Pew has been tracking this since 93 when Clinton took office. And that 40% who say people like themselves will lose influence is a new high. It's never been a plurality like that before under Obama it was 18% under Bush. It was 26% under Clinton. It was 22%. Now it's 40. So yeah that's, that's, that's the
0: core metric. That's what he has set up for himself as the bar for his administration. So that's the number that I think if he wants to be able to demonstrate success, he needs to be able to move.
1: Right. And so part of that is because for Republicans, they are less optimistic about that than they were under Bush. That's why that number is so down. Obviously Democrats felt the same way for both. Um, so, So take a look at that. That's we always link to everything in our show notes and that will be from Pew. And then they also have some work on policy priorities and and they come to the conclusion that there hasn't been a drastic change in the public policy agenda of what people want, um, despite this massive shift in what's happening politically. And, you know, we're going to see how this evolves over the next few months. And this is where I think we just don't have all the information. I mean, obviously Trump has taken some pretty radical actions in his executive orders in this first week. And it's got a lot of news. I, I don't think that's filtered down yet for folks. We're just going to have to see how that changes, whether people are going to view those actions as decisive in a way that they admire, or are they going to view them as drastic and extreme? We don't know, you know, there'll be some of both perhaps, but um, Pew suggests that some of the things that people want to see haven't really changed quite so much. You know, terrorism, economy, education, jobs, healthcare costs are top priorities. Um, things like, uh, climate change, transportation is at the bottom, drug addiction. That's probably a new one. I wonder family medical leave. Those are at the bottom. Immigration toward the bottom. Influence of lobbyists toward the bottom, a global trade. It's an interesting list here.
0: I know. Well, one of the things that I think is interesting, so there was this meeting. One of the things that Trump has done so far is had this big meeting with union leaders um, at the White House where they left and were just like effusive in their praise for him. Like, this was the best meeting we've ever had. And it amuses me a little bit that in this question about the gaining and losing of influence, they also ask people, do you think that union leaders will gain or lose influence under the Trump administration? And Republicans, a majority or 50 percent, think that union leaders are going to lose influence under the Trump administration. And I think they – those, my fellow partisans, are in for a little surprise. Uh, This goes to that, uh, you know – To what extent is Donald Trump traditionally Republican versus to what extent is he co-opting things that are populist and not conservative and weaving them now into the agenda and scrambling the deck? And are Republicans going to be okay with it if this is a president who is cozy with unions? How will that go? Interesting things to keep your eyes on.
1: Yeah. I mean – it is all quite interesting, right? And then looking at some of these other priorities, which they have broken up by party, some things are consistent for both D's and R's, right? Things like terrorism, you know, maybe that's it, actually. Terrorism is like uh, a top three. Of, well,
0: influence of lobbyists, they're both in the same place on, but that's but really they're low on the yes. list. Yeah. I mean, if you look Social at- Social security, Another one of those issues where there's going to be Trump versus congressional Republicans friction.
1: Right. But it's not at the top tier for mm-hmm. either. Right. So education is top for Democrats. It's not top for Republicans. Terrorism is close to the top for both. The economy is higher for Republicans in the list than, you know, than it is for Democrats. This it's is interesting. one of the
0: first polls I've seen in like 10 years when jobs was not at the top. I know. Right. Well, that's something that, you
1: know, government dysfunction uh, uh, on, you know, Gallup's list like this is always higher or as high, it's become as high basically as jobs in the economy. I mean, it's just a sign that it's, you know, it's Washington's that is the problem now rather than these other things. And this question actually doesn't have anything on like Washington dysfunction other than the influence of lobbyists, which is like a subsection of that. Mm -hmm. If this had, I wish it had a, you know... Government dysfunction question. I bet that would have been very high up there. Yeah.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit then about the the resistance. Yeah. I saw an interesting sort of analysis pushing back on like the use of the term yes. resistance because let's let's be honest, and I'm trying not to put my Republican hat on too much, but that when the Tea re- Party was called, when wasn't Republicans call. yeah. did it, we were the obstructionists. Yeah. And now when the other side is doing it, they're like Princess Leia. And I'm like, okay, guys, I,
1: I, he- I hear that. I, I, I mean, I hear all of that. Like I hear it. I can understand it. I can appreciate it. So I like dismiss it all no, out of hand, on the other hand, if you're looking at someone who uh, at a president who is just doing so many things that are not just like new and disruptive, but like completely incompetent and, you know, lacking any kind of presidential temperament, like, you know, talking about his popularity constantly. I mean, those kinds of things are, you know, are are worthy of resistance. Shutting Uh, down science is all that stuff. So,
0: sure. So I I think my, I am, actually, let let me retract that. If you want to go to a march and hold a a picture of Princess Leia and say, I'm the resistance, like more power to you, man. It's when, and I'm not trying to get all Trumpy here, but it's when the media is like, they're the resistance. And it's, again, that like connotes this like, Sexy nobility, and which is which is fine, but you didn't give that when Republicans stood up and said we don't want government taking over the sector of the economy, or we don't want this, or we don't want that. It was not you're the resistance. It was you're the racist obstructionists. And so I'm just saying that's um they're
1: tricky, okay. they're a tricky questions. Yeah, so that's that's all I'm saying. But in California, remember we. Last we talked about California separately. We had a question. We saw a question. We'd have it. We saw a question about whether or not um, California should be should secede, so they or just not be included in the electoral college. I I think. Elect. Yeah. So anyway, there's new polling. Oh, well
0: this, that was whether Republicans thought you should even count California. Right. And they're votes. like, yeah, maybe not. And so uh,
1: now you actually have an uptick, a slight uptick of folks saying in California that they should. Peacefully secede. They should peacefully secede. So, it was twenty percent. Now it's about a third.
0: I'm making this weird face because I'm trying to envision a peaceful secession of a state. Although, would Trump just be like, "Fine, peace out, Golden State. Toodles." I don't know. I mean, I'm trying. I'm like envisioning. How would this work?
1: Oh, wow. I don't know. So, I mean, more people oppose it, but this is real. This is sixty percent of Republicans. Opposed it. But it was about like just about half of Democrats opposed it and half of independents opposed it in California. Now, fewer people nationally wanted to see California go. So it was more Californians wanted to go than people around the country.
0: I like California. I'm always happier when I'm in that state. There's just something about it, the air. The reminders yeah. everywhere that the air I'm breathing could contain carcinogens known to the state of California to cause birth defects. Yeah. Those labels on everything. Yes. Really sets me at ease. Everything. Yes. <laughs> like
1: whether or not you're like kid things or flame It's Anyway, all that yeah. stuff. OK. Speaking of
0: California, Oscar time. OK. So the Oscar nominations are out. La La Land has received as many Oscar nominations as Titanic. Which is a fan of La La Land, I take a little bit of issue with because Titanic was a phenomenal, groundbreaking, life altering film for me. And La La Land was like a lovely champagne bubble of a movie with an interesting and thought provoking ending. Huh. I hey. love Emma Stone. Emma Stone is my spirit animal. I love Ryan Gosling. I love Ryan Gosling playing the piano. <laughs> I'm here for everything about La La Lair. I thought it was delightful, and I will probably see it again multiple times. I haven't
1: seen it, but it's got all the elements of things that I like. But
0: Hollywood loves to reward movies about itself. About itself, yes. Argo, Hollywood saves the Iranian hostages. Birdman, Tra- Hollywood. Traffic was
1: an L.A. centric movie. Was it about
0: the artist, which I didn't see, but I be- that's all about. I mean, so it's Hollywood loves movies about movies. Did the player get?
1: What was at the player many years ago with what's his face.
0: Susan Sarandon's Zach, And there
1: was like another Hollywood movie like that. One of those.
0: Well, Hollywood loves movies. By Hollywood. Get
1: shorty. There are all those things that were popular. But it
0: popular. turns out that people generally think well, according to what is this a poll? Is this, this is a
1: low oh, turnout poll. poll is this a... is just online at the Hollywood Reporter. So
0: there. Yeah. Low turnout. This is like an N of what? Like a thousand, yeah,
1: you know, it's and it's not—it's it's a
0: non-scientific sample. This alert, is just alert, for fun. Alert, non-scientific sample. Yeah, La La Land wins forty-three percent, but you nothing can. else. Moonlight gets twenty-four percent. They're the only two that get double digits.
1: So you can't. Oh yeah, Hidden Figures. I I am desperate to see Hidden Figures also, and I I think that's that should be on the list here. Well, it is on the list, but it's not high up. I in haven't this seen poll. it yet.
0: I badly want to see it.
1: So, what? Uh, What folks can do with this, this is a Hollywood Reporter. There's not a lot of of people have voted on it yet. But what they allow you to do is you can see the breakdown by region, age, and gender. If you click on that, that you put in your own age and region and gender. They do a map like how many people in Nebraska voted for hidden figures as their favorite. So anyway, take a look there. Um, There was another poll at Variety that had more votes um, and it was about what was the most shocking snub from the nominations, and that was Amy Adams in Arrival.
0: <gasps> wait, she didn't get nominated. I guess not. Uh, I'm I am legitimately just finding this out. And well, I'm you would agree with forty five percent of readers of Variety. Me? Yeah, I love the Deadpool.
1: <laughs> <is on this. laughs> or Finding Dory. <Tori. laughs> finding.
0: Okay, so uh, and I'm not saying this to like pile on Sean Spicer, but there was this hashtag Spicer Facts. Yes or no Sean Spicer a movie Sean Spicer a film something like that yeah that's what it was Spicer a film and the one so it was Dory is uh Nemo is not lost period I was <laughs> dying Call oh, Sean I'm Nemo. so sorry oh, that's funny Nemo is not lost period wow. <laughs> anyway Nemo wasn't lost he was with friends well, I've he's going to have, stuff. look, he's going to have
1: like 80,000 other crazy things he's going to have to say. So <laughs> um, so we will forget about that one because we'll have to move on to the next one. So key findings. <laughs> After a tumultuous year, there is one source of stability, Donald Trump's unpopularity. Can Milani and Ivanka bring up Trump's favorables or is he dragging down theirs? The Women's March was a success and the polling on the march is mixed. Those are two true Facts, And even with all this bad news, I'm going to try to see the world more like Mary Tyler Moore. And my favorite, Mary Tyler Moore, in real life, that would be Kristen. I'm the Rhoda to her Mary. If you've seen it, you will get it. If you haven't seen it... (laughs) now I have to see it to know what this is. All right. So Mary's like chipper and nice. (laughs) And Rhoda is her like surly Jewish sidekick who gets her own show. She's like, you know, she's just like... (laughs) She's just like a little more edgy and you know curmudgeonly and like the first day Mary goes in for her job and she, you know she's in media she's for a, you know show and and the boss is like you you have a lot of spunk she's like I do and he's like I hate spunk <laughs> So that's Mary. And then Rhoda's like her, you know, like the, the long line of sort of the like comedic curmudgeon girl <laughs> sidekick. So, yeah.
0: I rolled in here today with like, it's Mar- so it's Margie's birthday. It's Happy true. birthday, Margie. Thank you. Rolled in with some cake pops. Yes. Cre- creepily packaged from Starbucks. No, no, it's perfect. And it's still like shrink wrapped. Like, stri- breakfast the
1: champions. It's, it's exactly what packaging. I wanted.
0: Well, okay. And so- then our
1: last one. Yes, yeah, so that's it. So I think... We're going to make it after all. Or at least that's how I feel today on my
0: birthday. We'll see how I feel tomorrow. I hope we're going to make it after all. And you can find us on Twitter at at the pollsters individually at Margie O'Meara and at case old Sanderson. You can find us on Facebook where we're posting links to stories that we find interesting throughout the week or at www.thepolsters.com with our bank of list uh, list of resources that you might find interesting. If you are into polling, don't forget to write us a review. Send us a note on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Even if you're encouraging us to pick fights with people. That's right. We still like to hear (laughs) from you. We still might respond. And we hope that you all have a fantastic week. And happy birthday, Margie. Thank you. Bye. A Westwood One podcast production. You've reached the Holly-A helpline. We turn the holidays into Holliers. Hi, there's only 1,256 hours until Christmas, and we haven't even started our wish list yet. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy has everyone's favorite winter gear like $5 tees, $10 thermals, $15 sweaters, and $20 outerwear. Time out. $5 tees? Yes, plus thousands of other styles start at 5 bucks too. Amazing cold weather deals are already here at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're going to Old Navy. Turn your holiday into a Holly-A. Get to Old Navy today. Valid 10:30 to 11:7 select styles in stores only.